Hello and welcome back to episode 7, Circle Talk. Hey legends, how are ya? Keeping safe? Slaying at life? Taking no prisoners? Let's get into it. So episode 7 is Circle Talk and Flying Monkeys. It's part of this whole DV definition series I'm all about. Now in a way we are travelling deeper into domestic abusers, into the techniques they use to gain and maintain that power and control that they crave and they continue to manipulate their victims. Now we had briefly touched on flying monkeys previously, but I thought we'll pop her in the title, that way people can find a little little reference there for flying monkeys and just touch base about it. So we've got a bit going on today, a bit of a two for one. In Australia we call it a twofer, so you're getting a twofer today. Twofer is abbreviated two for one, I'm not sure where you live if they say... Oh, you can get two for the price of one. Well, we like to abbreviate most things here in Australia because hashtag lazy life. So we call a two for one a twofer. So you're getting a twofer today. Circle talk and flying monkeys bonus. So let's start with circle talk. Now, those who have or are with an abuser or narcissist, have you ever tried to bring up a topic of conversation to later realize you've got nowhere despite you both talking for a very long time? Does it sound familiar if you say, hey, that was weird that, I don't know, something happened or an example could be, oh, your mum said that the other day, that was weird. And it's some topic he really wants to avoid talking about. Yet, you know, these people always gloat, I'm the greatest communicator, I'm so open and honest. Mm-hmm. So you say the normal thing that couples say when having conversations, because having conversations is normal. And then they start twisting things around, they start deflecting to avoid this topics they don't want to talk about and bring things back to you and then bring things back to the weather and go-karts and automobiles and cheese. Anything besides the topic of conversation you literally wanted to bring up and you've probably realized they've done something. You've probably found a message from someone else or realized, hey, they lied about this. So you're asking normal questions that normal healthy people ask and they just start deflecting and dancing around and and you do and then they'll say, look, I'm so tired. We've been talking for ages and use that to end the conversation. And this is what they call circle talk. Having a conversation with an abuser, particularly a narcissistic abuser, they often have this way to keep you both engaged in conversation, to keep you under their control, but to also avoid responsibility. So you end up just going in circles in these conversations, yet they insist on still talking to you. I mean, they will only wrap that conversation up when they want. So it just causes confusion, all these side issues come up, particularly anything negative about you... And you go around and around and around and you might come to a conversation and say clearly, I want to know the answer to this question, yes or no. And then they'll go, you know what? And they'll give a political answer and then they'll say, bring up something about you. And you say no. And that's circle talk where they take it on a little adventure. They take it for a ride and you say, no, I'm asking you a yes or no question. And then they do it again and again. And that's called circle talk. They keep you engaged. They keep you talking. They deflect a lot of things to be negative about you, but they avoid the responsibility of answering things or being responsible for any of their own behavior. And it's called circle talk. It's it's this method they use to keep things going, to say, hey, my wife and I spent two hours talking the other night and she still wasn't happy about it. And they'll say, oh, you and I spoke for hours the other night. 
and you're still not happy about it but we talked about it for ages oh, no you didn't he used circle talk he deflected he topic changed he did all these little strategies to keep you talking to keep you engaged to keep you under power and control but just kept changing the subject and deflecting onto you and it's exhausting and it makes you give up in the end in the end you're not going to get your answer instead of them you know growing a pair of ovaries you know that expression grow a pair of balls because people thought having testicles was strength but now we've realized it's actually not strength so now i'm like grow a pair of ovaries because women are legit so strong anyway i'm circle talking let's bring it back <laughs> ADHD like random tangents is completely different to circle talk we're just like what (laughs) bring us back to the conversation we're happy to go there and we're happy to answer questions we just tend to go off on tangents and it's completely different to circle talk circle talk is a manipulation strategy Ugh, a lot of us don't even know what it is when we have had this happen to us we'll just think oh he's right we did talk for ages I'm so ungrateful because he did sat down sit down he did sat down Mm. (laughs) oh I'm so ungrateful because he did sit down with me and talk with me about that for hours and I just don't feel like I got my answers because he intentionally didn't give them to you listen to me he avoided that like the plague and he knew everything he was doing it's exhausting who could be bothered being a narcissist like am I right or am I right all these games so it's just more of this manipulation bull crap circle talk so give it a go give it give it a crack if if you've got a um lovely narcissist in your life zero out of ten don't recommend having that and ten out of ten recommend leaving but if if you're not there yet no shame or guilt for you it's not your fault but if you do bring up something and it is a question just observe and see how they bounce away from taking that responsibility from answering certain questions where were you friday night oh were you watching that show on thursday night oh and then what were you doing and blah 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 blah. no this is more no blah 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 and then the next minute you're talking about china and the factories that make toys that's a random subject i thought on the spot i would be really crap at circle talk i am really good at going on tangents but they're natural tangents that the brain naturally goes on and if the other person talking says, hey, you forgot to answer my question, like ADHD, we don't forget to answer a question. We will answer with a novel. We will give the most detailed answer ever with backstories, history, um, reference articles. <laughs> it's all there. You ask a yes or no, you will get your yes or no. And then a deep, deep explanation with several tangents. Circle talk, completely different. It's just manipulation. So if that happens and, and you do have a unfortunately have an assist in your life shoot me an email and let me know what happened if you did you know bring up something bring up you know a time when they might have abused you or cheated or some something that you think they don't want to talk about and just see how they kind of bounce away from that I would love to hear back and know because once I heard the term circle talk and understood what it was I could see it happening right in front of me and I say oh this is circle talk they go what are you talking about you're crazy I'm really worried about your mental health like you're really really not well you know so and so was saying that they think you're not well either and you know the other day and blah 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 blah, and that's it and that's how they they even circle talk away from circle talk (laughs) it's not that you can't win you just don't bother you just walk away from these bulls all right so circle talk was quite brief because there were 
there was nothing like major about that. It's just one of their little sneaky, sneaky, sneaky techniques they use. So we're going to move on to flying monkeys. Oh, I hate this because it brings up a lot of emotions because this happened to me. I have experienced this and I don't like it. And ugh. And it's that whole external people. It's the people who aren't abusers that join in as one of the tools the abusers uses. The abusers uses. I meant to say that. Zero to ten. No, I didn't. It's one of the tools the abusers use to abuse you with is people around you who you love and you think they love you and or people around them. And oh, anyway, I'm bouncing around. I'm bouncing. Look, I'm circle talking. Let's be real. <laughs> I wish I could. I don't have that intellect to keep up with myself and know what I've said. If I was like an abuser and I was trying to get away from a topic, I can guarantee you I would end up circling right back to it and go, oh, whoops. <laughs> or I'd end up answering the question even though I was trying not to. <laughs> and that's okay because it's good not to be an abuser. It's good not to think like an abuser. To get away from an abuser and sometimes to get justice with an abuser, we have to try and think like them. But we consciously try and think, okay, what do I do now? What will they do now to sort of defend yourself? But automatically, unconsciously thinking like them, that's when it's not healthy and we're nothing like them. You might have thought you had a lot in common with your abuser, but no, you didn't because they is not healthy. There is a bad person. They is a bad person and you are a good person and it's okay. It's not your fault. Flying monkeys. Now, let's start with a definition. According to psychologytoday.com, the definition of flying monkeys is the individuals that a narcissist will recruit, then use to do their bidding, typically to isolate, alienate, and harass another person. The classic example of this is Observed when a relationship with a narcissist comes to an end, the narcissistic individual will proceed to tell anyone close to the couple, friends, family members, typically false information that will turn them against the narcissist's ex-partner or even result in the flying monkeys harassing the ex-partner, alienating or isolating the ex-partner and leaving the ex-partner feeling lost, hurt and in some cases traumatized. It was named after the monkeys in the Wizard of Oz, so-called flying monkeys, because they encourage abusers in their behavior. Unfortunately, it can be difficult to know who has the potential to act as a flying monkey, especially in the beginning. Taking steps to protect yourself can help decrease their ability. I'm not even reading that. We can't do much to prevent these people doing this or who they can manipulate. And then it goes on to say, oh, people want to know who might be a flying monkey when they go to leave them so they can stop it. Well, anyone and everyone around them and around you, your friends, your family, your colleagues, his friends, his family, his colleagues. Narcissists don't really have real genuine friends. They kind of have people they use and utilize for different purposes. So they'll have friends at the time, but not lifelong kind of friends. And they will manipulate them to think ill of you, to think you're crazy, also to not want to be your friend anymore, to reject you, to isolate you. This is all a strategy to hurt you and punish you for leaving. And this, they only do the flying monkeys thing toward the end when you are trying to leave because they think if they make it hell for you to leave, if you're going to lose all your friends and some of your family for le losing, like leaving this person, you start to think, 
maybe I won't leave. You know, the price you have to pay to get away from these abusers is often quite high, but you're not making you pay it. They're making you pay it. And it's really tricky because they're manipulating these people to think ill of you. And they're like, some of the people are like people you love, like they're your friends or your colleagues or people who you really like. And while you're frustrated that they have been manipulated to think ill of you, you have to remember, well, we were so manipulated by this person that we got in a relationship with them so we've all been manipulated by them in one way or another so we can empathize with them being manipulated but it really hurts because you often think no those people know me too well there's no way he could convince them of bad things about me but you would be surprised because some are really 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 good manipulators and it's one of the things they do when you're leaving to stop you leaving but you have to keep going the only way out is through keep going keep fighting the good fight and you might lose friends you might lose people along the way but in the end you will be sane and safe and what's to be for you friendship wise family wise will still be there in the end and if you lose them well there's nothing you can really do it's just sad and frustrating and that brings me to today's email no your email is not sad or frustrating The topic in it is sad and frustrating for the person who emailed. So today our email comes from someone who said they would like to be called Jasmine. Now I love the flower Jasmine. It smells so good. My favorite smelling flower. In the past I've abbreviated what they've said but then I've gone on tangents and it's been very confusing. So I've decided let's just read our emails from now on. Here we go. Hi Tilly, love your podcast. I'm writing to share one of my many experiences with my ex-narcissist. You can call me Jasmine if you choose to use my email. I was married to, we will call him Jack. I prefer the name asshole. They actually wrote that, I didn't say that. He would get violent when drunk, which was often. I'm free of him now. When we broke up, he convinced everyone around us I was crazy and a bitch and left him for no reason and he played the victim. All our mutual couple friends stopped talking to me. Now... Years later, they can see from the way he treats his teenage kids that it wasn't my fault, but they still don't want anything to do with me. You were right when you said people can hate domestic violence victims. It seems other couples don't want anything to do with either party, even after finding out they were manipulated by one and treated the other unfairly. So many people think we shouldn't get involved in the drama and reject us, me, the victim as well. They don't realize how much it hurts to not only realize your husband you love and father of your kids is an abuser and you have no choice but to leave, only to then lose friends as well. I lost a whole friendship group. It really hurt at the time, but I have no fight left in me to try and convince people I'm worthy of their friendship. So domestic violence doesn't just impact the victim from the mental and physical scars. It also means we lose friends. I see those people as cowards for being too scared to get involved or after they realized he lied and I was his victim, not even reaching out to apologize or give a shit. I wish things were different, but I think this is common in domestic abuse, isn't it? Question mark. You lose so much going through domestic violence, which I have experienced. I wanted to email to show you and your listeners they are not alone either. Also, you can have friends you love and they love you and your abuser will convince them lies about you, that you're crazy, you're abusive and they will believe it. When they see over time they were wrong, they will still reject you and never want to be your friend simply because you were involved in an abusive relationship. 
it's easier for them to walk away rather than apologize and reach out to a victim of abuse. If only they knew how hurtful their actions are on top of abuse. That nothing is our fault. We didn't deserve any of this. An abuser strips us of everything we have to punish us when we leave. It is worth it because I am safe now, but it hurts a lot. Please let your listeners know they aren't alone and it's really sad. Creeps out there treat us like this. Love, Jasmine. Thank you, Jasmine. That was, it was like I'd written it. It was so similar to my experience. It was, and what the insight you have, like you have done some healing. You have seen that these people were manipulated and and how that hurt you and that you don't have that fight in you to sort of prove, hey, no, he lied. Honestly, I'm worthy. Like, I feel that. I feel everything you said. I could have honestly said it's so like many experiences and I thank you so much for sharing that and I love that you figured out what it was that it was like what we're talking about today flying monkeys these people he got around you around him to manipulate and isolate you and cause you extra pain and use them to abuse you these people are being used like they're just a tool or a weapon and they don't even know it they don't know that by rejecting you because oh I don't want to get involved in that abuse So by rejecting you and the friendship they had with you, ending that, they don't know that they're just being used by this weak, pathetic abuser to do more harm. If anyone out there is thinking, oh my gosh, I think I might be one of these people. This guy convinced me this about his girlfriend. Oh, but I won't reach out. It's none of my business. It is your business. If you were friends with someone and then you're not friends with them anymore because of what an abuser did to them or convinced you to think of them, Reach out to that person, no matter how hard it is, no matter how isolating they are right now, because that's what happens after abuse, people isolate. Reach out to them and see how they're going, because it's not the victim's fault, and it's not fair that they lose you and your friendship on top of what they've already gone through. And why give an abuser extra power? So it's so frustrating when people are cowards and don't want to get involved because there is a perpetrator and a victim and a victim does not deserve to be rejected or hurt any more than they have. Hello, future me here popping in. I had to come back and add this because while I did touch on that they use everyone around them and you to make leaving very difficult, I hadn't stressed how common it is that they manipulate their own family, their own children, their own siblings, and the most common scenario, their own mother, to hate you. They will tell many, many lies about you. And a lot of victims report they get a lot of abuse from their abuser's mother. And I have found that the main person, the main flying monkey, that abusers manipulate to be their cheer squad, to do their dirty work for them, is often their mother. And being a mother, they think, this person's hurt my son. My son is my baby. I must go on the defense. Meanwhile, the son's lying to them and manipulating them and just using them as yet another tool. And so many survivors have reported this, that the mother-in-law, so the ex's mother and their siblings and even their children will all be gaslit and manipulated and used as tools to come for them and they literally will abuse them send them threatening messages and texts they will be involved in legal action they will even take the stand in court and lie for their son thinking they're doing the right thing not knowing that they're being completely manipulated and used and it's really sad so i wanted to pop in here 
because I listening back it's like oh it sounds like I'm just talking about how they convince people around you to isolate you but the main issue that I've heard from most survivors is that they use the people around them their family are the worst flying monkeys and they will literally testify in court to lies they work on them from day dot from long before you ever met them they have groomed and manipulated them as those people that will always be there as their flying monkeys no matter what they do to defend them and it's sad because again if they knew the truth if they could see everything all the truth of what was happening they would be really hurt and really upset that they were used as well and lied to so that's what I wanted to pop in here and say and I'll let you get back to it here you go isn't it creepy that there's so many things in common like my situation I've gone through this this person I don't know has gone through this and so many survivors I know have reported this exact same thing that it's pretty much textbook and that's why we have to educate each other about this know about flying monkeys know about circle talk know about all these little tricks they do so that if it's out there and everyone knows it takes away their power silence empowers them talking about it takes away their power the more of us that have the knowledge that hey this is what people do it's got to help in some way shape or form i mean people who were your abusers flying monkeys out there right now if they were listening it's like well in future if some guy had been in a relationship and he's like oh yeah she said i abused her but i didn't i'm totally her victim and starts convincing you of bad things now that you know this would you be more inclined to listen to him and to believe him or would you have an open mind and think well i'm not going to isolate her and leave her alone if she has gone through that it's just having that knowledge and that's why more of us have to talk about this and share this and take away the silence the silence that empowers them Mm -hmm, that's right now if you want to email in and please do please please do love it the email address is love is a battlefield podcast at gmail.com you can email in sharing a story like that you can email in asking a question actually she did have a question in that didn't she she said i wish things were different but i think this is common in domestic abuse isn't it yes Not every single person who's been abused, the exact same things happen. But there are so many similarities, so many common themes, so many common behaviors with narcissistic abuse that it's frightening. So yes, this is a very common thing. And um, she hadn't mentioned the words flying monkey, so she didn't know to articulate it that way. So there's actually flying monkeys is the term used to reference exactly what she was talking about this in this email and it is unfortunately common could have answered that question at the time but you know now story time today well i'm going to share my own flying monkey situation and it it brings a lot of emotions up like it really does because this is something that really really hurt everything abuser does hurts you and they love it they love hearing it hurt you because they get that kick that power and control but just other people being involved people you loved and cared about and you thought they loved you you thought they cared enough about you and knew you well enough to know when they're being lied to but I mean I didn't know when I was being lied to every single day by this person I ended up manipulated by this person so hard I was in a committed relationship with them and planning a future together so I can't blame them but but it hurts it hurts so much and you just feel so let down and it also I mean this is why they do the flying monkeys thing it also reinforces all the lies they've been telling you that you're crazy no one likes you everyone hates you and they just lie 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 and so by being able to convince people 
of other things. They convince people you're a drug addict and everything and you're crazy and all this stuff. By trying to convince people of that and then you end up isolated, it reinforces all the lies I've told you. So people rejecting you and not wanting to talk to you anymore, it just, it makes you think, no, he was right. And that's what pusses, it pusses. It pushes a lot of people to go back because they think, no, it is me. No, there's something wrong with me. If everyone in my life is rejecting me right now, there's something wrong with me. No, honey, there's something wrong with that man because he's gone around convincing everyone of lies about you. If someone has to convince people of lies to make them hate you, then you are not a very hateful person. You're not a hateable person. That's the thing you've got to remember. If they have to tell people lies about you to discredit you, then you're a good person. If you told people the truth about him, that would discredit him. He's a bad person. So if people have to lie about you, then it's not about you because it's a lie. And if they're going to believe that, well, it's true what she said in her thing. You can't be bothered. Like, you're just not going to fight to prove your worthiness. You just go, well, collateral damage. And it is. It's collateral damage to get out, get safe and be alive and survive these creeps. It's just so sad. So in my personal situation, he did this to people we both knew. And a lot of them I'd known even longer. So that's what really hurts. He used this the trick that I talked about before where he showed fake empathy to deliver all these things about me. He was telling people, I heard, that I was addicted to Duramine. Now, Duramine is a weight loss tablet that I had tried at one stage for a few months. And I taught him that, hey, this is in the amphetamines family. And so you've got to watch it. You can't be on it forever. Doctors can't give you that many scripts because amphetamines are not good for you and then I taught him about drug-induced psychosis from amphetamines and talked about how we get patients in at work that were like that and he used everything I taught him about so many mental health conditions and he just used the information he got to convince people I was all these things so he thought great she told people she was taking this and at one stage I'd gone back on it for a few weeks thinking come on you've got to work it didn't really. I'm not going to talk about that med or if it's good or bad or whatever. It's just something I tried once and I wouldn't really try again. But no hate to anyone who wants to because I wanted to and I tried it. And He knew that I actually told people I tried it. And so he thought, great. So I'm using, they use a little, like a, a little bit of truth and then mix in a lot of lies so that all they have to do is go, oh, well, you're on that med, aren't you? And so that confirms all the other lies he said about you are true. And so he was telling people, I was on the med, I was refusing to give up. You only get one month supply at a time, and I think maximum three months a year, supply a year, I think. And he told them I was addicted because I told him how like amphetamines, people get addicted to amphetamines. So he told them I was addicted to this weight loss tablet that's in the amphetamine family. And he knew the signs of drug-induced psychosis was being aggressive and having paranoid delusions and all these things. So he was telling them all these things about me. And he was using that fake empathy trick he used to deliver it. Like, I'm really worried about her. She's really aggressive and I don't know why. And she keeps taking these tablets and she she just won't stop taking them. So people would say, oh, you're taking those tablets? I was like, yeah, I took them for a bit and they didn't work. I'll take them for a bit more and that. So people were like, oh. Well, he's not lying because she is on the tablets like I had tried them. I'd stopped them like, I think someone asked me if I was on them and the next day, that day was my last time 
taking them because I was like, they're not doing anything. And he's selling this. Meanwhile, I'm putting on a lot of weight. And it's like, if she's addicted to amphetamines to the point of drug-induced psychosis, why is she getting chubby? No one thinks that because they're a manipulator. And he uses fake empathy, like, I'm really worried, you know. And they'd go, you should go to the police and report her. You should go and do this. You should make sure she goes and gets help. You should do this. Because, you know, he's going to them pretending it's a problem. And he'd go, no, no, I'm going to protect her. I'm really worried about her. You know, no, I love her. I'm going to protect her. And that is how they believed him. Because delivering it like that is a literal psychopath. Like, who does that? Usually a guy who's lying after a relationship ending is like, oh, she was a psycho. And everyone's like, yeah, good on you, mate. But he was delivering it with this empathy and, oh, no. And you just, I would have believed that because I'd think, well, obviously he's not lying because he's saying he cares. And I did believe that because he used the same technique to tell me lies about the person before me who escaped, the victim before me. And he told me horrible lies about her, but used this empathy technique. So I thought, oh, he speaks highly of her. He seems to care. How creepy is it that people are that well thought out and well planned and calculated to deliver it like that so over time I had two people come to me out of all the people he manipulated only two came to me and told me what he had said one came to me and said I didn't actually speak to you for a few months there because I believed him she said the way he delivered it and I said oh was it with this like empathy and she's like yes he said he cared about you and he was worried and it just sounded so genuine. And I thought, well, why would he lie? Because why would someone lie? It doesn't make sense because these people don't make sense. They're not very healthy individuals. Hitting a woman, abusing a woman and almost killing her and stalking her and doing all these behaviors and leaving her covered in bruises and beating on her all the time doesn't make sense. So these lies to cover it up are just more of their crap. So she told me some of the stuff and it was just like, who would believe that? But it's the way he did it. And she said, yeah, the way he did it. And then another one told me and she said, oh, I didn't believe it. But yeah, she told me, oh, what did she say? I was being aggressive. And she's like, you don't have an aggressive bone in your body. Yet these people are thinking I'm hiding this personality behind closed doors like he is. Because an abuser hides their violent personality behind closed doors. So he's trying to you know, get that dialogue out there that she's the one hiding this violent, aggressive personality behind closed doors when in fact it was him. And this person told me some stuff he said and I just thought, oh, who would believe that? And I just felt really confident in that moment. I thought, anyone who loves me and knows me will not buy that. I think for a lot of them, it was, well, I don't want to get involved. I don't care who's good and who's bad. I just don't want to get involved. Another one had heard a rumor that I was back with him. I'd heard that too. I know he set up fake accounts on social media. He had a burner phone number and he'd put save everything as my name. He'd have accounts as my name with my picture and all this stuff. And he'd block everyone from seeing the account. Oh, except for his account. And then he'd show messages. And he had all these little tricks he'd do to convince people of things. But it's just hard and sad. And I lost so many friends. And I've still heard other things he said. And it's like, why would you believe that? But it's his delivery. He tries to sell this. I'm caring. I'm loving. I just love her. I'm not stalking her right now. He went to prison and these people still would not reach out to me or contact me. He went to prison. So he was able to convince people that I was a psycho. I was bad. And because he's a man and I'm a woman, 
I'm sorry, but the amount of evidence I needed to get someone put in jail in my country is ridiculous. I needed CCTV, second CCTV with audio, and the audio is discussing the crime that's actually being committed. I needed so much overwhelming evidence. It's so offensive for anyone to doubt what happened to me. But to reject us because we've gone through DV is scum. It's a scum move. I don't know. That's the only word, adjective that came to me was scum. It's really scummy to do that. Someone's gone through hell and you reject them. Because, oh, I don't like drama. I don't like drama either. I wanted nothing to do with it. It was sick, the amount of little conversations and things this person had to have to convince people to cut me off. I don't have to prove anything to anyone. And this person served time for what they did. So for my own safety, I had to just... I mean, I wasn't using social media anymore because of this person. So I just shut it all down. I removed all these people and I would give anything to hear from them to hear them say I'm sorry but we just we believed his crap and like I'm sorry I believed his crap so it was done to me and it hurt and it took me like a good couple of years to just accept it and just be like it's collateral damage you're safe the person went to prison you're safe and that's what's important and if they knew if they really knew if they were flying the wall and they'd seen everything Oh, they would despise him and they would feel offended that he used them as a tool. He used them as a weapon. He's just using everyone around me, pretending to be their friend, pretending to be a nice, normal person. He's just using everyone. And they would be pissed if they could see everything, if they could know all the truth. If they got some special magical drug that made them just know all the truth, they would be upset that he used them to hurt me and they would probably reach out to me. But they're still in this mindset and they're still brainwashed by him. And it's it's just really sad. But you know what? I will pay that collateral damage. I will pay whatever it takes to get away from this person. That's how abusive they were, how dangerous they were, and how little I like or have any respect for them. It was worth it. Getting safe, getting away from these people, it's worth it. If people are going to be brainwashed, conditioned, gaslit, whatever it is, it's to do with them and him. That's his manipulation on them. It has nothing to do with you. And try not to use any of your energy trying to fight that and trying to get them to believe. Oh no, he's this. Just saying, oh, believe me. It's really hard to undo some of the manipulation they do. I mean, how can you undo? I'm really worried. Behind closed doors, you know, she's really aggressive. because And they actually start explaining themselves. They actually start saying things about what they do to you when they're describing the fake abuse you're doing because well they're doing it behind closed doors so they just say oh yeah and then randomly late at night because late at night he would just switch you know she does this and she does that and you know I really love her because he knew I really loved and cared for him which brings me to next week's episode drama bond episode eight drama bond so these people 24 7 they're always fighting something arguing something debating something they're always manipulating someone to get some benefit they have that drive in them we don't we're normal people if people want to think lies about us good and if it took lies for people to think ill of me and other survivors then good because it's lies because the truth landed that person in prison and will land them in prison for a lot longer if they knew all the truth So the truth condemns them. Lies condemn us. And it's like, you're going to believe a lie, go for it. And you just hope that, you know, one day they figure it out. If they don't, you know, were they even a friend? I don't know. They're really good manipulators. So I do forgive everyone for being manipulated. I just don't forgive them for continuing that. 
Like if they ever figured out that person was bad and I was the victim to continue just go, oh, well, I'm not going to reach out now. It's too late. Like it's never too late to undo something that really hurt that person. And you might think, oh, why is losing me bad? Like, dude, you were a friend. It's so sad, but it didn't make me go back to him. He did so many things after I left to try and destroy me, including, you know, threatening to kill me and my children. And no, I didn't go back. But early in the relationship, I did. Not the part where he told all these people, like I heard rumors after he first got arrested. I heard all these rumors like I was back with him. Whoever believed that, like, could you not? And I couldn't, oh, I remember someone asked me about it. A friend who doesn't talk to me anymore asked me, oh, are you back with him? And I knew at that stage, things were really scary because he was stalking me, even though I wasn't back with him and making threats to my kids. And I knew if I said, no, I'm not with him. And that got back to him. I knew that would put us at risk. It was another risk assessment. So I didn't say I was back with him. Oh, hell no, because I'm not. Because they're like, you are. I'm like, no. I was like, I'm not. But. I had to imply I was in contact with him because he was stalking and making threats. And it was just a really crappy time. I was at so much risk that I had to sort of imply there was some contact. It was really weird. You can't explain it, but hey, I'm free now. And if you think that someone went to prison and they're innocent and there was no evidence, but oh, she just said, made something up. The amount of evidence those detectives had when they declared my house a crime scene, like the amount of evidence was ridiculous. But I know that from the outside, it is easy to go, well, which one's the psychopath and which one's the victim? And it's so easy for a manipulative psychopath to paint their victim as that, as the psychopath. Because it's like, who do you believe? One's lying and emulating what a victim says. One is the victim doing what a victim says. I understand it's just really cruel to reject people. I have said and I'll repeat because I love repeating things, don't I? And it's really annoying. <laughs> I have said that I've accepted it's collateral damage and I wish everyone well and I have nothing but love for them and empathy that they were used by this person to hurt me. And I don't stress about it anymore or stress about trying to... I even like when I got all the emails from prosecution about the charges... And then the email from sentencing about how many years for each crime and who was sentenced and everything. And then what served in the community, what served in prison. And although the documentation, the official government documentation, I wanted to post that on social media for these people to see. And I thought, why? I could have somehow edited it or lied. These people are so conditioned to hate me. They haven't bothered talking to me. Why am I trying to prove anything? If they want to know what's going on, they can reach out to me. So that was a bit sad and a bit feeling sorry for myself with that share. But it's okay. I think enough time passes that you're done caring what people think. You're done going, oh, what are people going to think if I say this and say that? You just hit this point of what I went through was absolutely fucked. Excuse my French. Do, hey, do other countries say that? I see that there are listeners from French. Bonjour. Je m'appelle Tilly. That was really bad, I know. But I don't claim it wasn't. I'm Australian. Do people from other countries, when they swear, do they say, excuse my French? Or is that just an Australian thing? Or is it like an English-British thing as well? Or make it, email me if you have anything to add. Like, do your country say that? I just want to know. Could someone let me know? Because in Australia, if you say fuck, a lot of people say, oh, excuse my French. Like, it's not French. 
it's just a swear word. It's so weird. Some of the sayings we have here, you actually think about them and you're like, is that offensive to French people that every time we swear? I mean, we don't all say it. A lot of people just go nuts. They just swear. As you've heard in Australia, the C word is often used to refer to a mate. If you can call a friend a swear word, like the C word or something like that, or a girl can call her friend like whore or slut, <laughs> that means you're really good friends, your best friends. But if you call a stranger that, any of those things, that's offensive. Yeah, our language, our country, our culture, it doesn't make sense. A lot of things in life do not make sense. And the Australian language is one of those. Speaking of, I've seen that some Greek people are listening. Shout out to the Latvians. They're still there. Love it. So I wanted to say something in Greece. In Greece? I w- yeah, I wanted to say in Greece. I wanted to fly to Greece just to say it because I would love to go to Greece. So to anyone listening from Greece, I've seen that there are some people from Greece. I say, Savapo, Sagapo, love you. That means love you in Greek. Apologies for saying it in my Okozi accent. And I will see more people from more countries and say their things if they are there listening in my analytics statistics. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Sagapo, for listening. I love you for listening. (laughs) So yeah, next week, Trauma Bond have touched on trauma bond and the whole neurochemicals thing but need a whole episode to actually really talk about it get into it it's such an important episode because so many of us blame ourselves if we do ever go back not if the guy's lying that we have like in genuine situations where we do and there were some earlier on where i did and it made no sense logically and i'm going to talk about that and tell you why and tell you why it's not your fault and hopefully alleviate people from the guilt and shame of missing someone who hurt them so bad don't worry the missing will be temporary but we're going to talk about that next episode in trauma bond now if you haven't gone through dv it's going to be pretty confusing i had had abusive partners in the past and not had trauma bond i didn't know what trauma bond was so you could have gone through dv and you might listen to it and go no glad I experienced it because now I can help educate other people about it to alleviate their shame and guilt anyway trauma bond next episode get into it in the meantime email lovers of battlefield podcast all one word at gmail.com if you follow me I get like joy in my heart if that number goes up I'm like oh my gosh thank you but I'm gonna say it every episode if I ever mention follow Don't let anyone tell you what to do. You do what you want to do, okay? Not even me. So that's it for today. I better go before I just keep talking about nothing. I'm circle talking myself. (laughs) Stay safe. Love your legends. Bye.